Hey guys, welcome back to the Do Work Love Strong podcast. Today we have John V. Noon, Diamond C's Chief Innovation Officer or Chief Problem Solver, whichever one you want to call him. Chief Therapy Officer. <laughs> Chief. That's right. We all need it. Don't can't hate on that. We all need therapy from time to time. So we we brought John on today. You know, if you watched the last one, we talked with Jeffrey about the origins of R and D or research and development at Diamond C, and he hit a little bit on um, innovation engine. And so uh, we thought it only appropriate that this episode we roll right into innovation engine, which John is directly responsible for building here at Diamond C. So um, just kind of to help uh, again um, break down you know innovation at Diamond C and and kind of where John's perspective is on things. And so with no further ado, just give us a little bit of, I guess, a little background for the uh, listeners, viewers, kind of uh, where you come from, what your, you know, what your uh, purpose is at Diamond C. Sure. So, so as Jacob said, I'm the chief innovation officer. I'm in charge of all of our engineering and R&D groups. Um, so all of our new product developments, ongoing improvements to, to current products. Um, also in charge of our IT group and the third part of my job is I'm responsible for organizational innovation for all of Diamond C. Um, and the big focus there is to make sure that even as the company grows, it's like we maintain the creative entrepreneurial spirit that has gotten this company where it is. Um, so I, I'm you know, humbled to have been brought in uh, to help steward the creative culture of, of this company that's, that's kind of made a name for itself through innovation. Cool. What is, so what's some of your, your background? Like by trade, you are? I'm a mechanical engineer. Yeah. Proudly. Yeah. Robot nerd? Robot nerd. Yeah. Proudly nerd. Unapologetically nerdy. <laughs> Jacob tries to nerd shame me all the time and I just won't let him get away with it because like, yes, I, I'm a huge nerd. Um, so I, I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm from upstate New York. Uh, my big passion for years, which has been my hobby and at, for various points of my career, um, has been educational robotics where Students work with mentors to build robots to play head-to-head -head sports against each other. Um, and so I've done a lot of robotic system design, products for that kind of thing, mechanical mechanisms, um, motors, pneumatics, the whole the whole fun shebang. That's awesome. You know, when we when the conversation first came up of uh, a robotics uh, engineer coming to work at Diamond Z, we were like, it's trailers, which is a phrase that I hate because for so long I've always heard, it's just a trailer. And we, we always were offended, but now I'm like, oh, how can we leverage a, a robotics nerd in trailers? So if you, so even going back further than that, you know, that's for, that's uh, your background, but you know, innovation, uh, how does that, how did, how did you find innovation as far as, you know, coming up as a, as a kid, like when did you really uh, take to engineering and innovation and, and um, feel like it was going to be your, your path forward? So in innovation to me, it's, you know, creative problem solving, which you touched on. Um, and I've, I've always been kind of that, that engineer nerd that kind of enjoys tinkering, enjoys solving problems through ingenuity, coming up with a creative solution, a really complex problem, um, is about as fun as it gets for me. Um, I remember when I was a little, little kid, we built a, a submarine out of a, you know, one of those big driveway tar buckets. And the, the first version was just like literally a bucket and we were you know, holding underwater and breathing in the air pocket. And the second version was, you know, you, you put a rock on top of it to help you stay down. And then eventually we were clipping the rock to the handle and then eventually there's a window and then there's a hose going to the surface. And it's that kind of like slow improvement of iteration that, that leads to these kind of 
creative, fun solution. And so like, even as a, a kid to, to be doing projects like that, um, can't get enough of it. That's from the first time I heard that story. I'm like, eh, did, did he have enough oxygen or did he make it out with enough oxygen? I'm still kind of, still kind of confused. That's why I am who I am today. That's right. One way or the other. One way. Yeah. For good or bad. That's it. Um, uh, so the culture of innovation at Diamond C, uh, you know, I think you kind of had that same uh, moment when you first heard you know, of a of the opportunity at Diamond C, you know. But how did how did it differ from what you expected? So it it, it didn't differ from what I expected because I I'd kind of heard some of the stories of the of the company, um, but you know I get that all the time. It's like, oh, John, you're you're chief innovation officer for a trailer company, huh? And it's like you can you can see it in their face, but. Um, you know, the, the first time I heard the story of the engineered beam, where through creative product engineering, through innovation, this company was able to, to take a market by storm and, and dominate an industry, um, it became just apparent to me, like, how important innovation was to you and your brother and all of Diamond C, how it's, it's core to our cultural DNA. Um, and it makes total sense to me. Like, you can find innovation and focus on creative product design anywhere even in the trailer industry, especially in the trailer industry. There's so much opportunity to leverage innovation to drive growth, to drive better products. Um, and the fact that Diamond C's done it time and time again and wants to continue to do it more and more and faster and faster as we get bigger is I think what makes our organization special and definitely the reason why I was, I was drawn to that culture and why I'm here. Yeah, And it's not just in, in products itself. I mean, it's in the whole production process from one end to the other um, of just driving innovation on the line and in the way that we build traders more efficiently. I mean, it, it, like you said, it can be found all, all across the, um, all across the spectrum or all across the industry. So if, uh, you know, hinging on that term innovation engine, you know, kind of talk to us a little bit about that. What is your perspective on innovation engine? So, you know, if I think about like what, what is innovation, you know, that's kind of the, it's like, what's innovation? Well, okay, let's talk about what, what is innovation. Um, and, you know, everybody talks about innovations are, are you know, it's, it's new and improved, it's creative, it's disruptive. Um, and I honestly, before, before I came here, I used to openly tell people like, yeah, I, I kind of hate the word innovation because people misuse it so much. You know, they want to talk about every creative little thing as an innovation. It's like, oh, it's this innovative new blue phone case. It's like, okay, that, that's not innovation. It's a little creativity. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, innovation really requires impact. You know, it's got to it's got to have some larger impact that changes the industry that that has massive causes massive growth or or drives a, a much better value trade off than anything else out there. Um, and the innovation engine to me is what's gonna help us maximize our impact. Because um, we already innovate. Diamond C has tons of innovation throughout the entire company. We're always coming out with new functions, new products, new features. We're coming out with improvements to things we do. Um, but it's like, how do we get better at measuring the impact of those things, maximizing the impact by prioritizing, by um, getting faster, getting more effective, um, you know, if, if all design is iterative, how do we speed up that iteration cycle? How do we try new things faster? How do we get, get um, quicker at what we do? How do we get more rigorous in our process? It's, you know, 
the innovation engine is a series of systems and processes and tools that will make it easier to do the things we already do. So if you had to, if you had to just put a top few, few things to concentrate on or, or the most important things, uh, aspects of innovation engine, what would you say those are or to have in order to have it, you know, get in the house in order? Uh, I mean, there's, there's kind of, well, the innovation engine you know, has four main phases that probably most important one is the, the funnel of ideas. You know, it's like, how do we, how do we make sure we're capturing all the potential opportunities we have to improve diamond C, all the potential new product ideas that are out there. Um, and a big source of that is just the, the people within our company. You know, if you, if you walked around diamond C, there are so many incredibly passionate people here that are all problem solvers and they all want to help grow the company, make the company better. It's like, how do we harness that potential? You know, there are so many people that have ideas that maybe we haven't been able to get to because we've had to prioritize other things, but it's like, we need to capture all those and try to understand in that huge list of ideas, like what are those big ones that could help the company grow? Um, and that's not just, you know, collecting suggestions for people, but it's also getting, getting ideas from everywhere, finding opportunities, you know, better collaborating with our, our dealers and our customers to get their feedback, better um, analyzing the data we have from a quality warranty perspective, market data um, to drive our product improvements, to identify those opportunities for growth. Um, and after that, once we kind of get a better handle on like all the things, like we need to get better at prioritizing. It's like, how do we, how do we sort and filter all these different ideas to understand like what's possible? Um, and at the same time, leaving room, not just for evolutions, but also revolutions. You know, it's like we, Jake and I have talked quite a bit about like, we need to be improving small things to make day-to-day -day life better. But we also need people dedicated whose job is to look for those big changes, those big opportunities that you're not going to find just by doing little improvements along the way. It's like, you know, there's hundreds of opportunities at Diamond C to, oh, rearrange this and move this jig here and change this a little bit. It's like we need people that are looking at, at it holistically saying like, hey, if we swipe the table clean and redesign in this way, we can be 400% better. Um, and the engineered beam is a great example of like one of those major leaps forward that you're not going to, you're not going to evolve your way into it. You have to make a leap for it. That's right. You get to the point where, I mean, you just have to figure out how to recognize it. You know, how can you systematically recognize those opportunities, but, but to not be, not uh, hold back from doing the small changes, you know, cause that it's all, it, it's all important. If you looked back, um, or not looked back, but but we're going to offer a piece of advice to a much smaller diamond C after having been here. How long now? It's like it's about five, six months, six months. Yeah. yeah. A much smaller diamond C through it all or, or a company like it, you know, um, just, you know, handful, handful of, uh, drafters and, and not a lot of resources and things, but what would you say? I mean, for somebody, for a company wanting to really to grow and push the, push the boundaries. Advice for a smaller diamond C. Um, I would probably say, you know, take the time to, to be experimenting um, and, and set aside some large amount of time for the crazy ideas. You know, it's like find that balance, to, like to our point we were just talking about. Um, you know, it's like how do, we, how do we build bigger, I guess. Maybe that's the best idea. I mean, knowing that Diamond C has had such incredible growth, 
Um, it's like my advice to a smaller diamond, so you can go back in time and it's like, hey, we're going to be huge one day. You should start planning for it now. Like now is the time to start documenting this stuff. Like yeah. it can't live only in Jacob's head. Like right. it needs to be on paper somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could teleport that. That would have been great to know, right? You go back, Mike Crab, document, 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 because your grandkids are going to need it. You know, that kind of thing. So that's definitely interesting. Yeah, you always have that, you know, hindsight being 2020 thing, you know, just what you could go back and, and say, um, if you're talking about uh, solving problems, what is what is John's process for, for problem solving? My process for problem solving, um, trial and error and a lot of failures along the way, but you know, meeting failures with uh, enthusiasm, opportunities to learn and, and just keep going forward, right? Yeah. Um, I think the most important step in any 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 problem solving process is is defining the problem. Yeah, trying to understand like what is that root cause issue you're trying to find, um, and then making sure you take time for discovery, which mm -hmm. could involve outside research, could involve data collection, could involve prototyping. You know, it's like how how can we gain stronger understanding of what problem we're trying to solve, so that we can maybe find that like clever solution that hits that sweet spot where like you know any solution has trade offs associated with it, but like how do you find that one that just feels beautiful, that perfect optimized solution. Um, and usually to find that like that 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 solution that just kind of falls right into place, you need to understand the problem at a deeper level, um, which usually requires some kind of experimentation and some kind of some kind of failure along the way. And then from there it's just like get something built as fast as you can so that you can test it, so you can learn from it. It's like, you know, how fast can you get that first revision out there where it's actually usable, where you can actually learn something meaningful from it and then iterate from there just continuously improve and continue to iterate on it how often do you people do you feel like um individuals actually get to root cause before uh, they start throwing darts <laughs> probably very rarely but I, I don't know if you i think sometimes that throwing darts is what helps you understand the root cause you know it's like you learn more about a problem just by trying something mm -hmm. and that's where it's like it's probably more important to yeah okay try to define it um be open to discovery, be open to redefining the problem you're solving, like as you're working through it. Because mm. you may realize like, oh, I'm actually treating a symptom, but I need to pivot and attack this. And that's going to solve it in a much broader, more effective way. Um, the, the key thing for me is like, so Buckminster Fuller has this quote that I love, which is like, you know, if I'm, if I'm solving a problem, I never think about beauty. But if when I see the solution, it's not beautiful, I know it's wrong. And I, I believe very strongly in that quote because you know, I think a lot of problem solvers, a lot of engineers experience that all the time where it's like they're looking at a solution and they can just either tell like, oh, this is the sweet spot one that like hit all those trade-offs just right or they know it's it's not quite right and they just want to keep keep experimenting. And sometimes that experimentation means like, yeah, it's not right. We need to sweep the table clean and start over. Like there's some, there's some other path here that we missed. Like we're treating a symptom. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you've felt that in some of your developments. Yeah, yeah. I guess what partly I'm, I'm um, angling toward a little bit is um, do you have a like a tactical almost piece of advice or solution for, for root cause? Like how, how do you feel like the best way for you to get to, uh, I guess the, I know there's some iteration and stuff you were talking about that, that can happen and, and gets you, you know, keeps the ball moving down the field. But as far as, you know, getting to what you, you know, as close to root cause as what you can you know, in, in discovery. 
uh, you know, a lot of people use 5Y as a good exercise for that kind of thing. Um, that certainly helps. Uh, I think it's about, so for a lot of things, the root cause is because you don't understand the user. I think for a lot of problems, it's about, it's about human-centered design. You know, mm -hmm. think about who's actually going to be using this product. Where is this, what problem, what, what is this solution solving, especially for product design? Um, and try to try to go back to that because if you think about it from a user perspective, sometimes that gets you closer to. Well, okay, if I if I think about how they're using it, not necessarily how it's supposed to be used, that might shift me closer to to root cause. Yeah. Um, that's a technique that I use all the time, and I guess that's that's tactical to your point. Right? <laughs> yeah, or just uh, you're looking you're looking for like usable, actionable advice here. Is yes. that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Human, human centered design. Focus on that. There you go. Yeah, because it, rather it's. Uh, so often they go directly to the external customer, you know, you're talking about that, but, but it can be internal as well when you're, you're helping, um, engineer and design, you know, uh, solutions for production or for, uh, interdepartmental, you know, uh, usage either way. So that's, that's good stuff though. Well, that's, so that's interesting because like sometimes those, those are in conflict, mm. you know, it's like you need it to be one way to keep the, the sales guys happy. You need it to be a different way to keep the, production guy's happy, it's like, okay, now you've hit the root of the problem. Like, now we understand the trade-off that we're trying to solve. Like, how do we find a solution that balances both of those needs? And so, to your point, like, understanding that that need from both of these different potentially conflicting perspectives mm -hmm. will then help you balance any potential solution with, with how it could be, how it meets the needs of each of those areas. Yeah. So when you're, when you're, uh, you need both of those customer perspectives. Because if you move too soon on one, you could be potentially short shortchanging the other. Robin Peter to pay Paul, the old uh, adage, um, could be could be the case. And the best way to to make sure you're balancing those perspectives, get those people involved in the in the problem solving team. Yeah, you know, make sure you have representatives from each of these different customers bringing their voice into the into the problem solving. Don't get siloed into thinking that only you or, or a couple of people have the answers. You bring the people who that do the work into the, into the solution. Oh, yeah. Always. So what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you see at Diamond C for you specifically? Biggest challenges for me specifically? Hmm. I think it's trying to, a couple of different things. Like one, like we have have so many exciting opportunities in front of us. Um, I, I think it's hard hard to choose where to where to put our focus. Mm. Um, you know, someone once told me and it was great advice when I first became an executive. Like, hey, you're going to get to see like the the hundred things that you could do, the fifty that you think you should do, the twenty five that you actually must do, and then you get to pick five. Mm. And that's brutal. Yeah. I said that to Jeffrey once, and he just said, like, well, you pick 10. <laughs> <laughs> if the rule of thumb is five, we go 10. Um, so I think that that's a struggle because there's there's lots of, you know, we, we have such exciting growth and so many opportunities in so many different areas. It's like, you know, sky's the limit. Um, I think the other thing is trying to maintain a focus on scalability while maintaining the culture. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you make innovation systemic? where it it's not reliant on a few key people it's 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 dna level and i think we have a great 
we've done a great job of that or the company's done a great job of that. I've only been here a limited time, but um, it is endemic to the culture. But it's like, how do you maintain that if we're talking about 10x bigger? You know, it's like, how do you make sure some of these practices that have allowed some key people to have some very big impact to, to continue? You know, it's like, how do we make sure that we stay close to the customer, close to our heritage? How do we, how do we, how do we encourage the kind of entrepreneurial, nimble, agile, creative pivots as a, as a massive company that we are, com- that, that made this company so great when it was just, you know, Mike in a barn, you know, it's like, how, how do we, how do we, how do we keep that, that spirit alive? Um, and I think we talk, you know, we talk about that all the time. And I think we're, we have a lot of things in place that are going to help, help protect that. Yeah. Cause that's, that's probably one of the most important parts of this culture. And that's why I'm, I think it's so great that we're, we're focusing on it. Yeah. That's a, what you hear so often when those things begin to become watered down or, or you lose sight of them, you know, it, it just starts, uh, not being as fun. And so that's why we, you know, we definitely, you mentioned a few, some things we have in place, you know, the fundamentals, I mean, um, just, um, you know, it's our filter, I guess we, when, as we, as we continue to grow and, and innovate, um, we just make sure that, that a number one, you know, that, that, that customer experience that it's, whatever it is we're working on is fueling the growth and success of our team members, which is the culture here, uh, customers, user experience and community abroad. You know, they feel, they feel that love strong kind of, uh, give back, uh, spirit from, from diamond C. So, so switching to, uh, as we get closer to wrapping up here, just a couple of uh, f- more fun questions. What is a piece of advice that you would go back and give your your twenty five year old self? Probably should say twenty twenty year old self. Those are maybe very different answers. Twenty twenty. I know. Never never sell a motorcycle. <laughs> just just find a way find a way to keep them all. Yeah. Like make it work. You're gonna miss them. You, even if you think it's a, even if you think there's no way I should keep this bike, like just keep the bike, <laughs> just keep it, just keep it. Find like, which one did? Or you spit, well, you said all of them, but yeah, no, I miss all of them. Yeah, every one I've ever bought, I wish I still had. Yeah, the, the one in particular right now. There, there was a, there's there, one on your mind. There was a sport bike that, yeah, I missed that one. Hmm. So, what's the fastest you've been on a motorcycle? <laughs> Is this admissible? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they can arrest you after that. 205 miles per hour on a motorcycle. Yeah. It was, it's a little, it was fast and the bike was, the bike was fine. Rock the solid. bike was fine with it. Yeah. Hmm. Next, uh, fun question. The, the superhero question that you had asked us, uh, superhero, uh, which one, why, and not, not, and it can't be flying. It can't be flying. That's which, wait, stuff. which super, like any... Yeah, you have to, you tell me. So the question, I, the question I asked these guys was like, which of Superman's powers would you pick if you could pick just one? And it's like, and I forget that I'm I'm the, the token nerd among these guys because they're all looking at me like, well, what are Superman's powers? And it's like, so, you know, it's a tougher question because like flight's the obvious one, yeah. but like flight without super speed, it's like, okay, am I just like flying at the speed I walk? Like that's not... That doesn't seem, I mean, it'd be fun, but like, it seems a little rough. And if you pick like, if you pick flight without like invulnerability, it's like, okay, like you get hit by a bird, like that's going to hurt like crazy. It's like, okay, super strength is cool. But again, super strength without invulnerability. Like if I drop a thing on my foot, am I like just 
like is that a, that's that could be a problem. <laughs> it's like so and, and speed without invulnerability, same thing. Like, I'm really fast, but I get hit by a fly, like that hurts like crazy. You know, nobody picks heat vision or or cold breath. Like who would pick cold breath, right? Now, I, if I had to pick one Superman power, it, it'd probably be flight. Even if I'm like flying at my like you know slow jogging pace, like I, I'd still I'd still dig it. Yeah, yeah, because you can still avoid everything on the ground. I mean, if you're not going too fast, maybe avoid what's in the sky too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Um, the The thought process is we will round back up uh, in in some amount of time and uh, and refresh with John, kind of see how how things change, uh, perspective shift uh, as the company continues to grow and evolve, and you know we take on new 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 feats, you know as we as we do, and uh, the history of the company has. And so uh, I appreciate you spending a little time with us and kind of shedding some light. Hopefully uh, some of our listeners, viewers can, you know, pick apart some, some good stuff to apply in their, their journeys. So love it. Happy to be here. Excited to chat about innovation with you anytime, Jacob. All right. <laughs>